welcome to the SAP HCM Insights podcast. Uh, welcome back. So I'm Steve Bogner, Managing Partner at Insight Consulting Partners, here today with Luke Marson and Sven Ringling. Hi, guys. So what we wanted to talk about today was um, some of the things that happened at Sapphire. Uh, Sapphire was a few weeks ago, but uh, we're, our schedules just didn't allow us to get this together until now. Um, but we wanted to talk about some of the things that happen at Sapphire and what it really means for uh, success factors and SAP HCM customers, um, and just you know give you our opinions on that as always. And um, of course, always uh, open to feedback. So you can give us feedback um, to any of us on Twitter and our Twitter handles that are there on the podcast page. You can leave us a comment at the podcast page. Um, I think Sven and Luke and I are pretty readily and easily accessible. So, uh, you know, send us any comments or feedback you have, any questions that you might want uh, to talk about on a future podcast. Um, and again, the podcasts are at insightcp.com slash insights. Um, you can also subscribe on RSS or iTunes or Google Play, SoundCloud, I don't know, maybe some other things. So, um, all right, guys, let's talk about uh, Sapphire. So, um, Sapphire you know, held again a few weeks ago in Orlando. Lots of stuff talked about there, but um, let's let's talk about what was announced there that impacts the HCM customers. So, um, you know, what I heard was, you know, there's some new acquisitions that um, SAP talked about. They talked about S4HANA, um, but I, I guess, Luke, what are some things that uh, were announced at Sapphire that you think uh, HCM customers who weren't there should should be aware of? So um, I'll caveat this first with um, by saying that I, I wasn't actually in attendance this year. It was the first year for, I don't know, six, seven, eight years that I wasn't at Sapphire. Um, taking a little conference break this year where I can. Um, I actually got to, um, got to watch the keynote this time out, uh, which is good because it's always very hard um, when you're there to, you know, get a good seat. And there's uh, always um, a lot of... Uh, meetings taking place in those times. Um, but I enjoyed the keynotes. I thought they were better quality than, than they had been previously. There's a bit more meat in them, a little less fluff. Um, good to see um, CEO of Apple up on stage as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. uh, and to see the, the CEO of the, um, the newly acquired Col uh, Qualtrics up on stage as well. So I thought those were good. And I think if customers can get a chance to watch them again, um, I think it would be well worth watching the, uh, the main keynotes. Um, I mean, from a HR perspective, I didn't really notice much HR stuff. And from I've spoken to a few people that have been there, and there wasn't all that much focus on HR this year. Um, ASUG, of course, put on a lot of really good content. Actually, I think some of the some of the sessions that um, I'd heard about and, and saw posted on social media online looked um, pretty good, actually. Um, you know, ASOG always put some good content mm -hmm. at the uh, conference, but it looked um, particularly good this year. Um, I think from my perspective, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm overly concerned, but the the lack of, um, or, or should I put it, the, um, the focus of the investment that Bill had mentioned in the keynote, Bill McDermott, the, the CEO of SAP, seem to be more focused on new acquisitions, 
such as Qualtrics, as an example, um, but also on um, you know the, the 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 real core applications, you know, S four Hana, Leonardo, um, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and it just makes me feel a little bit that you know after you know after so many years now since SAP was um, had acquired success factors that probably the investment there is is maybe slowing down uh, or has slowed down and what may have been investment dollars going towards success factors two three years ago is probably now being diverted elsewhere and that does um, that does raise a little bit of concern. Um, with what the future is going to be for not just not just SAP success factors, mm-hmm. but also for those on-premise customers and those payroll customers, and just wondering what kind of investment, if any, is going to be going into into those products. Mm-hmm. Um, and just slightly to sidestep before um, I let Sven uh, jump in, um, I saw an article on on LinkedIn. Actually, Jarrett uh, Pazahanik shared it with uh, with the whole team uh, yesterday. Somebody had pulled a bunch of statistics on the SAP customer influence influencer program. Um, that's where customers can go in and they can they can raise um, ideas, um, and other customers can and, and partners can vote on them. And SAP can look at these and they can, they can say, yeah, uh, we acknowledge receipt or we'll develop them, or you know we reject them for whatever reason. Um, but since 2016. Um, of the 13,000, uh, well, it's more than 13,000 um, submissions, SAP have only put 276, I believe, um, into, the, uh, into, the, into the success factors HCM suites. And that's like a 1.8% return. So that just makes me wonder um, when I hear, I don't hear talk about continued investment in SAP success factors and other existing products. Um, you know, just what, mm-hmm. just what impact that's going to have for for customers over the over the coming uh, years. Sure. Yeah. It also doesn't to me. It it doesn't um, doesn't look good. You know, to have that sort of statistic with requests coming from customers, right? So it it doesn't give me the impression, right or wrong, but it gives me the impression that you know they're not really valuing the customer input. Um, and that's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, I've seen SAP recommend to my customers, you know, when they see a gap or a weakness in the software, they say, well, you know, we recommend you go put in an improvement request. And, you know, now with those statistics, Luke, that's just seems like sort of like a, a dead end to me, which is unfortunate. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe we'll see, um, some changes to that Mm -hmm. because, uh, I think SAP, they tell us they're listening to customers. So if they are listening to customers and they're listening to some of the bigger customers, um, then you know we should see a we should see a change in that trend in an upward uh, trajectory. Um, so I, I'm going to certainly keep an eye on it. Um, yeah, I think customers should be should be maybe keeping an eye on it as well because if they're being told that they can submit enhancements requests to get features put in or gaps filled. Um, but that's not happening, then that's obviously going to impact customers who are looking to move to success factors or, or, or customers who are trying to figure out whether they need to buy additional solutions or develop maybe extensions on the SAP cloud platform. Mm-hmm. It's certainly going to impact their internal roadmap on what they're intending to do with their HR. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great idea, but maybe we need to see some better execution on it. So Sven, what was your uh, perspective on, on, on Sapphire and what was announced? Um, you know, Luke talked about uh, some things there, maybe, you know, some uh, slowing investment in HCM and mentioned Qualtrics, which maybe we can talk about in some more detail, but what else would you have to add to that? Yeah, well, uh, to begin with, I, I wasn't personally attending either. I'm actually boycotting the event until SAP acknowledges that there's more than one country in the world where they have customers and might want to move <laughs> Sapphire. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you get m most of the messaging right through through the online forums and, and through through all the, the sharing uh, afterwards. Um, so I think w one... One significant amount announcement was one that hasn't been made, which some customers and partners are still expecting to happen, um, is the extension of the business suite standard maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> so the the 25 date for standard maintenance uh, dropping and, and having to move to S4 and therefore HCM on-premise payroll customers having to move to the sidecar solution still stands. And I know a lot of people think that it will fall at some point, but I mean, it, it won't fall 2024, right? So if it doesn't fall soon, then we have to accept that that's the case. Personally, I don't think it's it's the end of the world, even for customers who have to go to the sidecar solution because it's not going to be a terribly complicated um, transition. But okay, yeah, I think that's, that's one thing that uh, uh, shown through not being there. <laughs> Um, I agree to the, 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 there's not that much in the communication that's really focusing on success factors or even the on-premise solution. Um, I wonder how much of the more generic uh, uh, investment that that's, was in focus on machine learning in particular will eventually also benefit success factors customers, right? So there's a lot of things that is cross across the board. Um, but we just need to see how the individual solutions will, will be able to leverage these investments. Um, at the moment, yeah, I think it's not quite clear to me. Um, the, yeah, the enhancement request program, I've, I've seen these statistics, it's really a bit of a shock. <laughs> uh, even if you knew, like, it doesn't mean if you suggest it and you get a few votes, it's automatically implemented. But uh, that didn't really look well at all. So hopefully there, there will be some uh, changes. Maybe there, there will be a focus on more, more on customer input as they had it in, in on-prime, right? When they stopped, uh, stopped the main investment and said our main investment is going to be success factors now, um, the customer suggestions for sub on-prem, they got actually a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, investment from SAP because they were usually smaller pieces and very yeah customer focused. So maybe we see a little bit of a shift here if they say we are now looking at the uh, smaller pieces, customer ideas. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, the yeah the the biggest topic for me and it was obviously the the big topic across the board was the Qualtrics um, acquisition and the whole uh, story about. Um, the experience economy, in particular employee experience. Um, uh, during uh, Sapphire, I was already 
busy with my Qualtrics training. And so it was good to see that there's actually some traction and I'm likely to do it for a market that's really interested in it rather than getting a training and then ending up with somebody nobody wants. <laughs> um, so but, fantastic. yeah, that, that was could, the big thing really. Yeah. yeah, could you explain to us, I mean, I don't think everyone is really familiar with Qualtrics or even experience management. So could could you just like give us a, a, a sort of a brief overview of what Qualtrics is, what experience management is, and, and, and how does that fit into HCM? Yeah, so Qualtrics as such, um, at, at the bottom of it is uh, a tool to collect, uh, collect, let's say, soft data, we call it experience data, uh, from various groups, most notably employees or customers. So um, their, their product lines are around employee experience, customer experience, brand experience, product experience, and academic surveys. Um, obviously, we are focusing on, on employee experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's when I heard initially the SAP bought a survey tool for close to eight billion dollars, I thought, okay, they bought something like SurveyMonkey for yeah. this amount. Probably everybody who didn't know Qualtrics thought it, but um, after yeah, uh, a few weeks and a few hundred hours uh, dealing with the product and, and being to events and workshops, um, I see that there's much more behind it. So if, if you look at employee experience, um, it's not just engagement surveys. Uh, they they do a so-called life cycle survey. So at, at various moments in the life cycle of employee, they, they call it targeted feedback. Um, they they do 360, which is definitely a much better experience than the 360 we have in success factors. Um, they do always on surveys to kind of establish a listening culture in, in the organization. And then the, the powerful part is not just collecting the data, but the, the analytics features you have um, to work with it. So you've got uh, quite good dashboards uh, customers can build there. Um, you have AI-enabled uh, text, um, text evaluation. So that's actually something that I think is underestimated. If I remember when I started in IT, any free text field that wasn't based on a pick list or something was devil's work because mm -hmm. you can't report on it, right? And that's completely flipped now because with, with machine learning, you actually can get the core messages out of free text feedback. And then you actually get the messages you, you didn't expect. If you design a survey, you probably don't get many surprises because you have a reason why you ask certain questions. But if you have an, an open question, um, then that's where the gold is. Um, but in the past, you wouldn't be able to scan through 50,000 uh, feedback surveys. And now you have a machine doing that for you and telling you, well, one of the major themes in the free text uh, feedback is training and education. And overwhelmingly, the sentiment in this feedback is negative. Um, and then you can dig into the details. I, I was really impressed with, with that feature. Some powerful uh, statistics features as well, so you can do your own regressions and see what are actually the main influencing factors for um, employee engagement or for any other of the um, 
KPIs you're following. Mm -hmm. um, so that's quite a powerful tool. And we've already played around with uh, um, feeding it with uh, some data from success factors. So we have uh, what we call operational data or old data to mix it with the experience data or X data already don't necessarily need SAP Analytics Cloud to do your first uh, uh, your first uh, regressions and find out uh, where what makes people unhappy or happy. Um, so th that's for me a big big plus. It's quite open to uh, to import data from success factors or other HR systems. And then the the in the long run, obviously we we'll, we'll expect the uh, fully packaged integrations. And then you can use the full power of uh, SAP Analytics Cloud on the two sets of data, O data and X data, and that's what they all talk about, O plus X, mm -hmm. uh, that gives you explains why things happen. Interesting. So then, I mean, either Lucas fan, either one of you guys. So then, how how does this change things for for HR departments? You know, what how how is this going to change HR departments and um, I don't know, what do HR departments need to do to get ready for this? Because this seems like something that is not sort of, uh, not what I've seen that a lot of typical HR departments do. Um, maybe it's something that they've thought about doing, but, um, and maybe this is just, you know, they haven't done it because they haven't had this tool and this technology, but how do you think that this is going to change uh, the, success, the success factors platform and how does it change what HR departments do? I think HR departments really, um, really need to get serious on um, the employee experience and learn from uh, what their marketing and CRM colleagues have been doing for a while. And that's what seems to drive this in many organizations. Mm -hmm. um, they say, we, we know our customers very well, our employees. But if we are lucky, we, we can so count them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, and then there's also uh, now that there's much more evidence now from companies who are using this data already that employee experience is driving customer experience. It's always sounded very logical and intuitive, but then uh, it's there's not a lot of hard evidence. I've seen this on the X4 events. There were a lot of customer case studies we said if at some point uh, you can't improve uh, customer satisfaction if, if you don't get employee satisfaction right. Mm -hmm. And it's not just in the past people argued, yeah, maybe it, companies with happy employees have happy customers, but that doesn't mean it's caused mm -hmm. that way. But now the, the customer case studies, they reported that um, employee experience going up is actually the leading indicator and then customer satisfaction going up a few months later you have much better evidence that actually yeah there, there's there's something in it there was one quote from the x4 conference in stockholm um, where they said well dear marketing friends if you really want to improve customer experience you might have to give some of your budget to the hr department I'm sure a lot of HR directors will love that message. Yeah, for sure. Well, it, it does make sense. I've I've worked on that premise for a long time is that if I take care of employees, if I take care of consultants and and do well by them, that they'll do well and do better for the customers. 
So, um, you know, that's, but, you know, that I, I had that just from anecdotal evidence, right? But what you're saying is that there's actually some, some hard numbers behind that now. So that's great. That's good. Yeah. Uh, one, one very impressive story they, they shared uh, with a little video in Stockholm was about the, the UK National Health Service, uh, where they actually found strong evidence how um, employee satisfaction is linked to mortality rates. Um, how much evidence do you need? Make sure that your employees are happy and your, your patients will survive. Yeah. Quite some impressive data you get out of this. Interesting. All right. So, so then, guys, what's the timeline on, on this Qualtrics integration with success factors, or, or do we know that? And, and I'm assuming that Qualtrics is not going to be integrated into the on-prem HR functionality. So, you know, do we do we have a timeline from from SAP on this? I haven't seen a timeline um, for the technical integration. I have mm -hmm. talked to people who are working on it, um, and I, I'm, I guess they will be able to show some things quite soon. But I'm not sure when it will be available to customers. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, there are customers who already combine the data, so it's um, yeah, it's not really rocket science. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this sounds a little bit like it, like there's some overlap um, between this and some of the functionality already in, like performance management, maybe, or um, you know, is there an overlap there? On performance management, there's one overlap regarding the 360. Mm -hmm. um, so it's basically something that Qualtrix offers, and it's got quite a bit more flexibility than the um, than the one in PMGM and success factors. Okay. HR, I think, has to get a bit more um, serious about employee experience. The, the the challenge that I still have um, with with Qualtrics uh, and the employee experience is uh, this is Qualtrics is more of a um, uh, a feedback and analysis solution. It brings together a lot of different types of technologies that already exist into one single uh, consolidated platform. Um, but that doesn't necessarily help. Uh, I mean, it can, but it doesn't necessarily help with you know what customers are doing with. The example, the self-service, how they design the performance management. If customers have already got these solutions implemented and it's and it's not had the positive effect on employee experience, and I have heard that from a few customers, um, that's already kind of a challenge um, for customers. Now, it, it could be, you know, if, if you look at a lot of analytics purists, they will always say, well, you start off your HR suite implementation with analytics first. And that will tell you what you need to drive your implementation. And it's almost like, well, customers should maybe implement Qualtrics before they would look at implementing success factors, for instance. Mm -hmm. So they can use the solution to understand the challenges they have. It's almost like maybe SAP should have acquired the solutions in the opposite order that they did. Mm. Um, because the the employee experience, as Sven noted as well, is not always um, as robust as it should be, 
And it's quite important to get that right the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't, you know, you'll, you'll suffer with adoption and then you have to essentially do redesigns. And, and your typical employee just sees that as, uh, as oh, you, you're just trying to fix your failure. And mm-hmm. it doesn't always work out like that. So there has to be a, there has to be a strategy behind you know, how customers are going to use this. There's no point in implementing success factors, having maybe a, a, you know, a, a not quite the most optimal employee experience, and then trying to put Qualtrics in afterwards to figure out where you maybe went wrong and then try to fix it. There needs to be a more robust strategy um, on how customers are going to use you know, an experience management solution um, in their overall roadmap. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think some customers have no idea uh, on how to go about doing that, I think. Um, you know, some customers just want to have a better functioning transactional HR system. They're not even to the point where they can think about how would we manage or um, get insights into employee experiences. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, I I, I can see your point, Luke. It's like, you know, what's the right order to do these things and uh, what are the the stair steps to it, right? Because it seems like, um, you know, there's more than one way to do this. I think it's also, it's a longer journey. I mean, uh, most customers are doing or have done some kind of employee engagement survey, but um, some of them still live on paper or, or or on, on other non-connected uh, technology pieces. And it's a huge exercise and they do it maybe once a year, maybe even less often. And that gives them a, a status at a point in time, but it doesn't show them how things change. So if, if, they, if they make any changes in process, in system, in education, it's not all about the system, right? It's about line managers, most of all, how they manage their people. That's usually the, the biggest factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and fr- from this, say, survey once every other year to uh, uh, always on listening culture, that's, that's also a journey for the organization, uh, technical as well as cultural. So I, I think, yeah, it's... Um, it's probably co-developing, but I, I like Luke's idea to to use insights you get from a um, better employee experience monitoring to direct uh, your your journey on the uh, transactional HR system as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- so then, Luke, you're gonna you you would say you know use Qualtrics to figure out where the employees' needs are first, and sort of use that as a guide to solving those needs first and, um, you know, putting priority on those. Yeah. And then you can, as, as Sven, uh, rightly points out is then continuously monitor that, uh, with, with Qualtrics over time to see whether it really had the impact and if not tweak as necessary. Yeah. Um, but I think to just jump straight into, you know, a HR transformation, um, without, always knowing exactly what you're trying to achieve or how you're going to enhance the employee experience. Um, you're not going to get the results that you probably want. And something like a Qualtrics, if you use it right up front, could very well give you some of the answers to questions you maybe don't know that you need to ask yeah. at that point. 
Qualtrics is not, um, from a technical perspective, it's not a success factor solution, right? right. It's not even a HR solution. Um, it, it's it's uh, very, um, you know, uh, uh, cross-sector um, kind of solution, right? You know, like SAP Jam is, for example. So it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, con- connected to success factors. If you right. have on-premise HR, you know, it can be connected to that. I mean, I think the you know the main connections and and Sven can probably uh, give some real clarity on this. Maybe is you know getting the source of the the data in there so people can go in and 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 mm-hmm. answer whatever kind of surveys they need. But you can de- define a you can define a survey on certain topics and whatever else um, independent of whatever your HR system is. Um, and Sven, uh, another, uh, another question I'm going to throw over the wall to you is, is I'm interested in what kind of standard um, surveys and, and whatever else are included in Qualtrics. So for those customers that maybe don't know what questions to ask, of course, there's always a business consulting side, but you know, that engagement might not always last so long. What's there to help customers ask the right questions to get the answers they need? Mm, yeah. Yeah, the first question in terms of yeah, what what would it need to be connected uh, with on the success factors side, it's you're right. The first thing is the, the data, the, the participant data for the survey. So basically the employee records, uh, you, you need to send the surveys out plus any operational data you want to use in your statistics. So if you want to analyze uh, how certain... Um, uh, feelings vary between age groups, gender, ethnic groups, then you need to feed this data um, with your load in, into Qualtrics. But it, it's it's not rocket science. There are APIs, but most customers just use SFTP automation, file-based. It's not complicated data at the end of the day. Then the, a bit more complicated is the event-based trigger for lifecycle surveys. So you, you send people a survey say four weeks after joining or or on exit or when they change job and then you need this event triggers but also we've played with that on our sandbox already you, you can still work with a file-based interface if you want to um, and then obviously on the, on the other end of the process you have the the experience data which eventually you want to have in one big powerful analytics to like sub analytics cloud to mix it with your old data and, and then apply powerful big data algorithms to see how the, the dependencies really are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's where the, you have the the integrations. Um, yeah, th- there are sample templates uh, for for all kinds of surveys um, for typical annual employee engagement survey for. Pulse survey, which is usually a smaller one you send out maybe once per quarter or even once per month if, if you're going through any major change and you literally want to keep your finger on your employees' pulse to see how they're taking the change. Um, there are templates for some lifecycle service like onboarding. Um, so that's there and they are getting increasingly better and more comprehensive where they do the same on the customer experience side where they have industry specific templates too but as you say a lot of customers actually work with uh, 
with consultancies on that side that come from either consumer research for that part or things like uh, organizational behavior psychologists uh, to design surveys so yeah you can have uh, can go both ways uh, work with a with a standard template and amend it a little bit or get some other advice so sven how would you i mean we we've talked about a number of different ways that you know qualtrics can be used but where would you start or how would you advise customers to start with qualtrics if this is something they're interested in well i i guess there's not one point i recommend everybody to start on but i recommend just do start and start small and then learn along the journey um with which bit you start that maybe depends on your current business case what you are if you're going through an acquisition right now uh, start with a monthly pilot survey to see how people are taking it um, otherwise you might just want to start with a traditional employee engagement survey but get started learn your lessons and then grow and improve over time so just iterate yep iterative approach yeah, that makes sense. I, I love those sorts of things um, because I think that until you get the experience of doing something, you really don't know what the next step should be. You have a, an idea, but you know, taking that first step helps you make a better second step. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, thanks for your insights um, on what, what happened at Sapphire and, and for the Qualtrics discussion. Um, you know, this is enlightening for me. I didn't really know anything much about Qualtrics. It's, uh, I think it's kind of exciting how this fits into SAP's product line at this point. Um, it's going to give customers a lot to think about. So appreciate the discussion. I um, want to remind everyone that the podcasts are available on iTunes, Google Play, and the main site, insightcp.com slash insights. Um, we've enjoyed this. Uh, guys, thanks for the time. And we'll get back to you in a, a short while with another podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Bye.